Well, hello everyone and welcome to Season 7! Alright, yes! Season 7, finally! I have been waiting for Season 7. So many important things to talk about in this season. I applaud your patience to let us get through... Ten episodes of six. It almost so. killed me. It almost killed me. But here we are. Bruce loves new things. I do love new things. So it's like if it was up to Bruce, every time we do it, he would just have one episode per season. It would just be. Well, I would actually skip some seasons so we could get like we would be in season twenty three right now, and people would be like, "But what happened to season? You know, like seven through twenty two? Doesn't matter." We're in 23 now. That's what's happening. That's how I roll, Roger. Yes, we are the pastors, inglorious as we are. So, Marlene and I watched a few minutes of the the premiere of the series or movie or whatever it was, La Brie, L.A. Brie, La Brie, where there's a big sinkhole in Los Angeles and it sucks people into a different realm. And I, I got through about 20 minutes of that, Raj, and realized the acting was so <laughs> not as good as it should be for network television. <laughs> I was I was like, I can't even watch it. You know how sometimes you're watching something and you can tell people are acting and it ruins everything? Because you're like, oh, they're that, that acting. They're, they're, that's the whole... That's what makes it work or not work. And it's like over and over again, each person, I was That's like, a good oh, way they are so acting. That's, <laughs> if you're acting, it's not working. All that to say, we didn't see that. that. The concept I thought was interesting, but they lost me. Kind of a sci-fi. Okay. Yeah, it was. And I don't know. I can't tell you any more about it because I literally stopped watching. I wonder if this is a place where the movie industry is also running into. They're running out of. Staff and people. Roger, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and they're getting because the set wasn't done very well either. It that is so interesting. No, I, no, the whole level of it's a it, supply demand issue. We're running out of actors. Well, and we've created this entertainment monster. Can you bring the guy from the Listerine commercial? Well, <laughs> if that's all we got, sure. But all he does is act. <laughs> Squishes stuff around in his mouth. But, but. Now everybody is clamoring to get the next piece out. We've got to keep getting... Well, another thing is so many people are making movies now. Right, I exactly. thought about this. There's yeah. just fewer... If you have thousands of movies coming out you every, start to every year, instead of less than 100 movies coming out in a year, I'd be curious to see how it's grown. Right. To now, with indie movies and everything, thousands of, maybe more than that, and of I, movies coming out every and year. And in this point in our culture where maybe more people are staying at home, mm-hmm. looking for more at home kind of entertainment, even not going out as much, those kind of things, there's even more demand, we keep adding more television stations, whatever, but I think about, yeah, just now, have we just gotten to a place, we're just going to keep, whatever the level or quality, people are just going to, it's just because they want to watch something. watch something. Well, it's why people listen to this podcast, Raj. <laughs> They're like, we just need something to listen to. We don't care about how good or bad it is. I we was just, looking at... Hold on. I was we looking... just need to hear something. Look at this. Uh, oh, Roger's showing me something. No, I was looking at our dashboard for our anchor for our podcast. I remember our average listen time was, what, 11 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, our estimated audience is 18. Good. Uh, we've had 2,897 total plays. Almost 3,000 plays. Since we began. Mm, that's good. That That's all of them ever. <laughs> right. 20 unique listeners in the last seven days, though they may not have stayed on long. But see, they're not counting all the people that are capturing us. We might have a higher viewership listenership on Facebook. Because I continue to get people constantly interacting with me from Facebook, you know, because I'll load it out there when I have sound <laughs> on it. <laughs> and, and like the, I think we have like 51 subscribers to the Inglorious channel. Oh, that's good. On, on this thing that we're using right now. YouTube. And I know Anchor just, I, I don't know that Anchor charts all the different places where right. the podcast goes out right. and so on. If it's on. not in Pod World, I'm right. sure it doesn't track it at all. <laughs> I'd be curious to know what the. I guess we could go back. I could look at the views on on each different one. I can't do it now because we're live. But what I like is, I just enjoy this. this oh, I, look I look forward again. To we get together. Uh, we laugh about terrible acting in movies. And did you? This is this is a very good segue. Did you dream? At this point, September, almost October of 2021, we would still be in a pandemic. Yeah, it's interesting what... It's like the thing that never ends. Right, and... And, okay, the tease of, okay, it was getting better, and then... On July 4th, we're right back to... We're right right back to good old... And we've talked about even... With this second surge, if you would, I know more names of people. The first surge, it was very, very interesting. Oh, names of people that have passed? That have passed, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Either gotten it, but yeah. particularly have had a, I was praying a serious for, or fatal... Praying for a person this morning okay. who has been in uh, under sedation for 30 days on a ventilator. Literally, uh, like a, oh, it's like an induced coma. Gosh. To give her body time to... But she's starting to wake up. Anyway, so prayers for her. But that's a person that I knew, that I met. This is a part of the the, uh, conference family where I speak. And it's like, that is so wild. And so that's been more... So you had the first surge where I knew fewer people. It didn't hit home as much in that sense. And now it's, you know, then... And it's Okay, we get a vaccination. We're moving in the right direction. We're getting herd immunity, vaccination, but not herd immunity for variants. Variants. So now variants come into play. That starts surging. And now more people that I know suddenly... And here in the southeast, I really don't know where it is, but but I noticed we're having full stadiums again at like college football games. Right. Which is interesting. In the mix of so many places in the south are seeing some really substantial spiking... Um, so every time we think we know something or we get some idea of where it's going, it seems to take another turn, um, which by the way, I think is what's one of the things just reading that's just anxiety rampant. The the word that is being used now is epidemic. Epidemic. So we have, we have a pandemic that has created an epidemic of anxiety. Along with now, when I say when you say create, there are all kinds of other things. We've got the whole our social networking 
obsession and how that has totally shifted life and all the pressures that creates and all the things keeping up that we can't keep up, which which adds to the anxiety. Plus, we have all the anxiety of what this person's going to say and how people are going to react. And I get that in second to second time. I mean, and I put some little word out there and people can give likes, but they can also say they're... Yeah. Do you ever find yourself putting stuff out there that's kind of somewhat neutral? Like, like you can only respond positively to this. You know, you're not, you don't want to get on one side or the other because of those potential comments that are biting or scathing or whatever so, else. Right. So how much more are we right now living out of fear? Fear, anxiety. Yep. Even about what can I say? What, what can, can I, I say? not right. say? What can I say about vaccinations, not vaccinations? Right. Because that's become another, you know, polarizing issue. Yep. That's that's interesting. As I was I was at the doctor's office this morning, giving getting blood work done for just a <coughs> routine physical. But she was like, "Hey, have you had your vaccination?" I'm like, "Yes, I've got that." She goes, "Well, go ahead and give your card to our person so they can have it on file and they track all that." And mm-hmm. it's just interesting. And then we have other friends that are like, "Yep, not get the vaccination. Don't feel good about that." And yep. I totally understand that. It's just an interesting. So we have this, and we've talked a lot about this, the polarization going on, but how much of that even feeds into the anxiety? What if... Oh, absolutely. What if I say I'm not vaccinated? Am I going to be immediately... Because I felt that this morning, even when the nurse asked me, have you been vaccinated? Now, I had been, but but I was like, what if I haven't? What if I... Or is it... What if I had... Did I get the right one? Whatever, Whatever else. So the anxiety on that, and then I've said for a long time, we have the anxiety that's coming from... Way too much information immediately. Way too available. much information. Yep. All over the world. We know catastrophes. Global tr- catastrophes. Yep. But I listened to a thing. This was just a <laughs> snippet off of um, Q, the Q conference guy gave okay. lines. Yep. yep. But he talked about the epidemic of anxiety in our culture. And this was a doctor. So I'm not a doctor. So it's fun to hear a doctor talk about anxiety. All right. Um, and he said, when he was, it's a talk called The Lies We Tell Our Children. And he said, one of them is we're telling kids that they're supposed to be good at all these things. They're supposed to be good at this and this yes. and this and this and this and this. All, we're supposed to be good at all of mm-hmm. these things and, and mm-hmm. up to speed on all these things. But he noted, he said, the brain isn't designed to work that way. He said, the brain is actually designed to be very good one at a things. few things. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, put, I put that on pause and then replayed it. I'm like, That's good. I wonder if we're creating a lot of anxiety by asking <laughs> people to do a lot of things or keep track of a lot of things where we're really not wired for that. Right. We have a lane right? by God's design and grace. And when we're in that lane, I think we do well. And I've, you know, I've said even for years what I've been trying to move toward in the last five years since sort of leaving church world. I want to do what I do best most. Right. I want to become very good at a few things, but right. not yeah. good, good or great at all of these things. Anyway, he <laughs> argues that that's creating a lot of anxiety. For kids in our culture, because they're having to be, they're expected to be equally good at algebra as they are at biology. Yep. Which are two very different things. Yep. That they may or may not have wiring for. So I was like, that's a good. Well, and other things that are exacerbating anxiety. So, what are some of the antidotes to anxiety? You know, you think about, well, one is community. But. We're more isolated. So even if, so even again, listening to someone the other day, fascinating, talk about this whole dynamic with kids and adults, but they're particularly talking about the rise in anxiety and suicides and so on with teens. But so you get this interesting dynamic. Yeah. Kids are on their phones much more. 
But what this gal was accounting, she said, "What? But now they're getting together far less often. So they're they're contacting their tongues. They have those interchanges, but they don't have the relational interaction." And she said, "The interesting kind of thing there is, kids are safer physically than ever before because they're not driving as much. They're not out, so fewer car accidents." And actually, I, I have actually been surprised at how many adult parents that I'm working with, their kids aren't getting driver's licenses. Right. No, they're like 17, 18. They're like, yeah, he doesn't want to get a license. No. And I'm like, this gal was addressing that people are, um, well, now you're getting to a whole other, one other dimension. I'm getting into a whole other <laughs> well, thing. Well, we're, this other dimension she was talking about, which was just fascinating, is, um, We've moved more towards a fear-based culture. Yes. And so she said, for instance, we are... um, The culture has been moving now for several decades far more protective of kids. Hyper. I mean, so a a vigilance. So the kinds of things... Right. You know, about seatbelts and car seats and all these things that we never... (laughs) I mean, those weren't even... Helmets. (laughs) But everything now. So what they eat and all they... And and so there's this hyper-vigilance about children's safety... She said, one of the fascinating things that's come out of that is, and she was great about their pluses and minuses of all this, but she said one of the things is kids have been absorbing a fear culture. Yes. Uh, All the things that could happen. Don't do this. This could happen. This could, um, well, kids are, and also because of all this protectiveness, they don't have to grow up as quickly, and they aren't. They are actually they stay home longer. Adulthood, she said, is moving later. Yep. And so people are staying home more. They okay. aren't getting the driver's licenses. They aren't. So where she was going with part of this, this fascinating dynamic is kids are staying home more, safer. They're not going out, which does mean that physically, so they're not having as many automobile accidents. When you're not with friends, you can't actually get into fights or actually, so there are fewer kinds of, Assaults or disputes or different kinds of things. So kids are physically safer. safer but emotionally at emotionally risk. Emotionally far more at risk. Yeah. Which tragically might explain jumps in suicides um, and so what kind of things. Because emotionally, so they're at home, they're not getting personal interaction. The other thing that she noticed fascinating is, is our obsession with our phones and all of those things. She said kids are sleeping a lot less. Uh, they're sleeping with their phones. She said almost everybody, this studies will show, almost everyone sleeps with a phone, and maybe it's blue blinking light, right next to their right next to their bed. So people are sleeping more poorly. They're sleeping less. Um, Interesting. So now you have less sleep, which you need to combat anxiety, you're having less relational anxiety, which is cri- less relational interaction, which exacerbates anxiety. It's it's like the perfect storm. Yeah. I, I just, as you were saying that, I realized I have one client that I talked to in the last week or so. They always put at night their phone on the kitchen counter. And now as you're saying that, I understand the wisdom of that. You can't possibly get a notification I don't have I don't have mine by my bed. You know, Mine's I've, in mine. I've in always had mine room. by my bed just because that's where I plug it in to, to right. charge it. But I never thought about. It. But it is the first thing that I see in the morning 
because you know my alarm goes off it's my alarm right and i check it and i in intuitively as soon as i hit the alarm off i'll just click the little screen that'll show me the eight emails that i got overnight and it's like I get a quick summary of the eight emails. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I think I'll check that one now out. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, it, it, even that immediate, the studies would suggest your backpack gets a little heavier. There's, you just added a little piece of software. Yeah. So whatever that morning might have allowed to just rest, to start, you've immediately started the software. You've immediately taken on it's this hey Marlena if you're listening to this and I know you're not but we have got to change our morning routine this is no because both of us and the first thing in the morning we do take on a lot of just immediate phone time just whatever it might be as simple as Facebook warning 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 I'm just checking through emails what's come in and what cancellations or do we have any orders overnight and those kind of things and that's not good. We need to sit on our back porch and enjoy this fall weather since we've got it now. Well, you're touching on something that really is it's it's funny just the things that are so fascinating and captivating that are undercutting our health, that are undercutting our <clears throat> emotional health, our physical health and we and what others will point to is this is exactly what social media... This is what actually all the platforms and so on want. They want you engaged as much as possible. And tragically, and I'm not. this isn't me making a critique so much, but they're not concerned whether it's good for your health or not. It's great for their business. Right. Um, so now even where people have raised up, okay, Facebook... Um, people knew years ago addictive nature of different things. They knew certain features for teens and kids that were danger signals. And now you have some former, you know, people who helped start Facebook who have now are warning, putting out oh, warnings yeah. and so on. But yeah, what was that? What was that? Uh, that thing that came out last year? Documentaries of the social media dilemma, something. Okay, but they talk about that. But people that were even like early founders of Google and Facebook and others that have said, "We realize now, this is not such a good thing." In other words, right. all the algorithms, and it is to increase engagement, right? With technology, not with people, right? It's increasing engagement. This is and now you're making me think. So, how do we increase engagement person to person? How do we increase engagement with people? Which is harder than ever in a pandemic, because you can't get people together. You can, but it's... So you already had a culture, as this one gal was pointing out, that was moving far more fear-based prior to a pandemic, that was already moving towards things that were moving away from health prior to a pandemic, that was already moving to more isolation prior to a pandemic. So then a pandemic hits. More isolation, more fear, more things I can't control. Um, and more space for polarization. In other words, because I'm having less one-on-one interactions with people. In other words, it's, when yes. I have a social media interaction, yeah. it can be, here's my soundbite on why this is right and you're wrong. And it's just this 
But when I'm one on one with people, I tend to be. It's a little bit like one of like when Marlene and I, when we've been going to counselors for all of our married life. But one of them said, "Hey, if you need to talk about something that is potentially going to cause conflict, go to a restaurant." Because he said you'll typically That's stay, good. you'll stay in your social self. That but think about how important the social self is. Yes. When I'm with the you, self. Yep. I'm going to be less inclined to get all up in your face about this thing that I think. But I might, because it feels like anonymity when I'm, it's not. But if I put a little snarky thing on Facebook. No, a filter is gone. It, and here's it. I don't have to deal, I don't have to deal with their immediate Emotion. I don't have to look at their reaction. Eyes, see what I don't have to look, Yes. And it, isn't it? This is another thing. Think about driving our cars. There's something about the insular environment of the car that makes me forget about Jesus and following him. <laughs> because it's like there's a car that does a thing that I don't want that, that car to do. I don't see that car as a person. It's a. You know what I'm saying? And I'm in my car, and I. It's just crazy. <laughs> But then if you if you pull up next to that person and roll down your window, you look them in the eye and you're like, oh, that's somebody's grandmother right now. Well, of course she's in the left lane going 23 miles an hour. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, we're good. I'm so sorry. But no, it is, anytime that we're isolated or in an isolated environment, I wonder if we're less socially careful. Maybe that's the word to right. use. No, we lose a filter. The social self. But I also... Even if I think about how we're even almost conditioned, we, that in in general we're supposed to be nice. So you know what I'm saying. So it, right. um, when we're customarily when we're with people in, in most places, but it it's a fascinating question whether even some of the uptick in meanness uh-huh. and polarization and, is yeah is related to. We're not having the personal interaction. In other words, the kind of thing you say, well, she, she was talking about a social setting. Well, you don't typically yell at someone in a social... I mean, just really, um, unless ever, all your filters are... Have you ever are, done that before? I have. <laughs> probably, but I think her point, the point is well made... I'm much more guarded. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a there's an automatic filter mm-hmm. that's kind of built in where <clears throat> there's some things you just don't say. But it's here, a, it's but a, here's it's the thing. thing we call showing your butt. <laughs> oh gosh, you know <laughs> what? Who's we? <laughs> Who are the we that call this showing your butt? <laughs> well, it's like you don't want to show your butt in public. Okay. So, and if you get loud at a table in a restaurant, it's like. Yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> right. Pull now. your pants up. Pull your pants up. <laughs> so that yeah, I wonder if that I wonder if that affects all of the things that we've been talking about in the first six seasons of Showing Your Butt? No, the Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> no, just the we we began this thing right before the pandemic started. I don't I'm in, a terrible in January, memory. February of twenty twenty, I think. Okay. And then it was like full-on pandemic by March. And then wasn't there an election in there, which was also a pandemic? Well, there was first a run on toilet paper, <laughs> followed by... Because too many people were ele- showing their butts. Too many people were showing... That's, I didn't think about that. Uh, for it's, the first time, I together. understand the run on toilet paper now. People were showing their butt. They, they, it's, okay. 
Got it. <laughs> Sanitizer and... I'm oh, still okay. seeing, by the way, still seeing people. The other day, I saw a Facebook marketplace. Someone was selling stuff, and it just fairly screamed that this was a hoarder. Because they had all kinds of alcohol products, all these alcohol wipe products yep. and sanitizers and all these things. This was a closet <laughs> stasher a year ago, and now they're trying to discreetly <laughs> unload their... <laughs> Turns out it's passed through the air. <laughs> right, so... so Can you I... <laughs> imagine? Can you imagine? The... Yeah, no, I'm not going to go there. No, there's still people with closets and rooms full of toilet paper. I'm, I'm certain of it. I'm not one of them. But no, I just wish I had started some kind of Christian face ba- face mask business. <laughs> face <laughs> business face mask. What business. face mask with a fish on it? You know, just something <laughs> clever like life is God, uh, a fish. What's one of the more creative have, masks that you've seen? Is there? It, I'll see team. I've seen like team logos on. Well, as I gave as I gave blood today. For my little thing, the nurse that was wearing the mask had a little, like, Count Dracula mask on, which was just, frankly, frightening. <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> I remember when Marie had that... Oh, the big smile. The enormous... It was the big smile. Goofy, smiley face. It's the one of... It's the <laughs> Rolling Stones lead singer face. Oh, okay. <laughs> His name is Mick Jagger. Yes. <laughs> so she had the Mick Jagger mask, so she, her eyes are just normal, but she has this huge smile... <laughs> Tongue lolling out. Ah, it made right. people. It always made them double take. Right. <laughs> they were like doing that number. So if I come back around, it, I think this is that tension we're in. Because at some level, I, when, so I, when you talk about the stadiums being filled up again, but where it, where does emotional health bump into the physical health? How do you balance? You live in the tension of. I mean, being totally isolated or substantially isolated for a year and a half, where do you hit that tipping point to where, yeah, that has all kinds of issues that are as as serious as fatalities or may end up, you know, suicide rates going up or it's, it's, it's that hard place. Even how do you find your balance? I get people... Roger. Wanting to be back out again. No, I and I think I think even the introverts are ready to connect with people again. Right. Like it's interesting. Marlena said last night, "Hey, I wonder if we should call Roger and Joy to see if they want to get together." Yeah. So Marlena's a lot more introverted than I am, much more of a homebody than I am. But I realize she's she's wanting yeah, interaction. With people. Yeah. Well, we should have, as it turned out. <laughs> we had I can't remember what we ate, but it oh, wasn't no. as good. No, we had leftovers. Had we eaten at your house, we'd have had something. Oh my good. gosh! Because you're always creating Chef good stuff Roger, glorious Chef. I would have fixed actually, you something. But, but nothing on your on your thing fits Marlena's diet. Right. This now. new diet is problematic, I, Marlena. Listen, it's ridiculous. It's, you don't need to lose weight. I'm just telling you. She's turned into a pencil now. <laughs> Both of you are losing weight, and neither one of you need to lose weight. Me, well, I actually could use <laughs> to lose a few pounds. I could back use to Laurel those. and Hardy. Back to the Laurel and Hardy thing. Laurel and Hardy, the inglorious bastards. So because early Roger on, the Sherman Tank and okay, I, where 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 are you going with that? 
just <laughs> save me from myself. This god missile. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure where I was where I was going. I was just thinking, thinking well, of a large. I was, I was thing. thinking of something an alternative to a Sherman tank might be uh, a fifty cal. I don't know. Uh, I'm, more why an, this... I, I'm more of an assault rifle, whereas Roger is a Sherman tank. And how we got to it? I guess I should have gone with the whale analogy rather than a military. <laughs> I don't know. We've got you're the least military person I know. What's going on there? All that to say, all that yes. at the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic, people were saying, "Hey, this is the introverts' like fantasy." Yeah. I, I literally get to work from home. I don't have to see people. This is awesome. I think they're getting tired of it, too. Joy was talking to a friend of ours who's been working it from home now 18 straight months. And, again, what what are the costs I, that end up getting attacked? I, yes, there's some benefits to that. Absolutely. But, but, but <clears throat> I, I, I'm probably the opposite of everyone else. So... Monday, I was working from home because I don't have this office available to me on Mondays, typically. Okay. Because I share it with some other folks. Yep. But I find I'm just not very productive at home. I'm just not. It's like the garage is calling to me. The yard is calling me. Come work in the yard. Come fix this thing in the garage. Come piddle over here. I'm just not. But when I come in the office, I can be much more productive. And I don't even know... Doesn't need a window. I was thinking about that the other day. It needs a window. It bad. does. Yes. Window would be good. But I, but for other people, I wonder if their productivity has gone up because they're not having to do this commute to the office. Uh, I, I know several of my several of the people that I'm associated with, clients and otherwise, that both husband and wife are working from home now. So it's created some interesting opportunities, <laughs> but also some interesting dynamics. Like right. we we can have lunch together every day. We may not want to want have to? lunch together every day. I mean, it's just a different. It's a different right. world. And think about that: how small that makes your world. So when you're, it's a little bit what I told you this morning before we even got on about. I there's there's part of me that's missing an aspect of community that's attached to motivation for me. Mm. In other words, I I love being with people, and the more that I'm not with people maybe even working with people is what i'm talking about so like i work i do counseling with people mm-hmm. but like we're not like a, like on a team working toward right. a thing together right and i realized i kind of missed that that's part of what motivates me hey we're on this team working toward that this oh, I'm vision much, or this, yes. this thing and that that keeps me motivated when internal motivation wanes yeah because sometimes you know i'm very internally motivated but then other times i'm like mm, not so much and, that, and this is where i would say the pandemic didn't create it, but for create it. But for me, I am I have been more on autopilot, precisely I think because I have not had as many of the relational interactions that stimulate provoke, movement. Yes, okay, that's a great. So because you're working, you you work hard. I mean, you're doing a, a Facebook video every morning. Which is which is one which is excellent. I've been I've listened to it the last two mornings. I don't always listen to it, but Roger's on a roll right now, so go figure. But that's that's a that's a that's a significant commitment. Yep. And then you have a whole eBay business right. where you're buying stuff, you're ever marketing, whatever you call it, you're listing stuff, <laughs> right. listing you're selling items, yeah. stuff, right. then you're shipping. Stuff. I mean, it's just yep. There's so it's not that you're not busy, 
but all of these are largely alone. Vert, yeah, most of my eBay work outside of when I go to a sale and I might interact with people at a sale, but almost every other part of it is on my own. The morning videos, which I really enjoy, but it's on my own. So yeah, the only time you have me on there is if we're playing golf that morning, (laughs) (laughs) and I worked you. So, so the. But I, I am like you, one of the losses, and I think this is what mm. so many are encountering, um, the losses for me, because I'm not inclined toward anxiety. That's not one of my um, wrestles. That's not one of my uh, weak spots, challenges. But where I'm feeling the, the lack of relational interaction is I'm feeling, um, yeah, less movement. I'm more uh, Less stuck. complacent. Uh, more, I'm just, I'm just like sitting in park. I'm, I'm just not getting it in drive, and I think there is something. Yeah, I think part of what we're bumping up here is there's so many things God, healthy, good things God intended to happen in community. We teach each other, we learn from each other, we encourage each other, we challenge, we provoke movement, we. Correct. We, we we remind each other. We remind. Yeah, that's such, that's such an important thing. That's Every good. time I get with people, like we had Marie and two of my nieces over Sunday. Oh yeah, and it was just great just to talk with you them didn't and hang invite out. Us? Let it go, Roger. Let it go, baby. But I was it was I was just reminded of some things that were important in those discussions. Yes, and in one of them was even reminded of an event that had happened like twenty something years earlier. That was a profound event. It was a, a profound, more profound than I knew at the time, and it was just good to be reminded of that. I realized yeah. that happens with that happens in the context of community. I mean, I can do that sometimes scrolling back through pictures from ten years ago. Right. You know. You know. You used to, have to go to a photo album to do that. Now right. you're just going to Google albums and just see all the stuff. But we need people that remind us uh, of things. We need people. And again, I realize for me, it's a key part of my motivation because most of what I'm doing in my life right now, I'm also doing singularly. Okay. So I counsel people, you know, one-on-one. I typically lead hikes one-on-one. When I, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. One on, I'm the one leading the whole group. Now, when I go out west, I've got large groups. I'll have a, at least an assistant that's helping mm-hmm. me with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're speaking somewhere... That's just you're that's prepping a, on your own. You're prepping you, on yep. your own. You're on the stage by yourself, <laughs> or it's, writing a book as you've done well you're before. Doing that you're on doing your that own. on your own. Yeah, I think I think I, I think the motivation that I'm missing comes from community. Yeah. So, so how are we going to fix that, Raj? <laughs> well, for me, I, whether the whatever the fix is, I think there's this big spotlight on. Even if, how do I say it? Uh, there's something that points to design in us as communal creatures. We we weren't ma- It's one of the things that would make it, again, hard for me to believe a story that we're entirely accidental, that, that right. we're simply reaction, that we're simply a product of chemical reactions, that there's nothing that, 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 that we don't have soul or mind, that we're really just bodies were just things that act and react everything that i'm seeing here even a pandemic and the anxiety all these things we're talking relationally i think point to the reality that we were designed 
by a relational God for relational community, and and we and, can't afford. Yeah, and I just had another uh, another component of the anxiety when I think about so church attendance uh, seems to be down, way although down. the church viewership is way up. In other <laughs> words, more people. Mm-hmm. Have gotten used to. I attend church online Sunday morning at nine forty-five. Yep. Or they might attend multiple ones. Yes. You know, I enjoy this speaker. I and enjoy I go, this yep, speaker. Yep. So I listen to this and I listen to this, and that's great. You're getting great teaching. You're getting great instruction. You're missing community. Right. And and one yes. person I talked to he said I, he, <laughs> he his his frame was I'm missing communal worship. He yes. Said, Even musical worship. No. Just, I, just music in community. Right. And I'm like. Yeah, we're wired for music. The Psalms, the songs. All, we're wired for even congregational singing. I right. wonder, It's. I, I'm surprised to hear myself say that. But I'm struck by, that's always been a part of who we are. No, they're, they're... Even if someone on stage is singing at a concert, what are people out in the audience doing? If they know the song, right. they're singing with the artist. Yeah. Well, it struck me... What? That's interesting. It's for what... Been, Community. What singing. little I know, even in the underground church, as I understand it, as dangerous sometimes as singing might be, they'll do it. That, however quietly, there's something about joining our voice. There's something about the we're doing this together. This is a the weight of. Of multiple, it, yeah, it even brings new meaning to live in harmony with one another. Because if you and I, harmony, when you yeah. and I sing together, we're having to listen to each other's voices, yeah, so that we're on the same, you know, note, or we're starting in the same key. Because it, communal singing wouldn't work if you start in the key of G and I'm in the key of E. I know nothing about those two keys. I just know if you, it doesn't work if you do that. The the, the Maybe too many of us are singing solo right now. Right. Because here, here's the thing. We, we, where we think that simply the power of music, or even music as a means to worship, we might think, okay, oh, I can listen to music anytime. I can, and of course now, yeah. we have 155 ways to get music. But music is more there, there's something about the communal experience there's something about the partnering there's something about saying something saying things together what's the word solidarity there's something we're um yeah. we're affirming yes. something together that's very very important um and i do think that's important i do think that there's a and maybe there's just this reminder again. God's been on to a lot of things long before the pandemic, <laughs> long before self, you know, uh, smartphones and all of these kinds of things that we we dare not get away. It's funny sometimes in our modern world, it, we, modern is great and everything, and 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 this is going to make things better. And technology is always always improving things, right? But technology, like every other good thing, has two edges. 
and where technology in any way, I'm talking about pre-pandemic, is moving us away from relational community. It's moving us away from something God made us for. And so it shouldn't surprise us, maybe, that anxiety begins soaring outside of relational connection, that um, distance and isolation begin soaring, um, that lack of motivation is soaring, more and more people feel stuck. Maybe we're both in the same place. So I would say this as we wrap up today, (laughs) (laughs) that... Wrap us up. If your only community right now is virtual community, I would encourage you to expand that and and, and begin weaving some live community in. I mean, Roger and I even talked about even going away this weekend just to talk through some important things, life things. Right. But part, part of the reason we haven't done that is because we haven't been together as much on, right. on, on certain fronts. And I'm like, yeah, we need that. And we probably that probably needs to be the thing that moves us that moves us, that gives us that nudge to move on, on, on certain things. Cause when I'm, when I'm thinking processing life just by myself or processing my calendar for next year by myself, I can fill it up with all sorts of things to do events, right. tasks, whatever else. <clears throat> but I don't want to do that in the absence of people and community and, yeah, and all of that. So I would say to our listeners and viewers, are you trying to think of a, a slogan? I'm working on one. <laughs> oh, no. We had one. Well, one, we're finished now. We had one or two people last week that said, be blessed, not stressed. They liked that. I they, think you came up I with I came that. up with that, yeah. No, that was a, that that one really, apparently, so this one would be, meet, don't, no, oh, uh, gather, don't, scatter. Uh. <laughs> I told Roger I was a little sleepy coming in today. He's got I nothing. I really got nothing. I, I normally am very quick on the draw with silly slogans. But today, I've got nothing. We're just glad you hung out with us today, but you need something more. However wonderful the inglorious pastors are for you, you need personal interaction with people. So, get at it. <laughs> <laughs>